award-winning Tennessee Wildcast is on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, wildlife watching, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. We're glad you're tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Another great show for you today, and I'm excited to have Mr. Don King helping co-host. Yes, Jason. Hey, we're going to break tradition today. Okay. Normally, at this point, we kind of highlight a radio partner, of right. which we have 23 across the state. That's awesome. But today, let's do TV, okay? Okay, gotcha. We've got Wilson County TV, uh, located right there in Lebanon. We've done some live stuff with them over the years, and yep. uh, Teresa Bush, the manager there, uh, has us on the air at 7.30 in the mornings and 7.30 p.m., pretty much every day. Yeah. So, anyway, you can always watch us if you if you would like to do that, and uh, hey, it happens to be right in our special guest's home county, so yeah. hey, Timing is everything. What, a, what kind of, that's a great transition. Yeah, what do you say? Uh, I'd like to introduce Emily Buck. Uh, to the Wildcast uh, crew out there and everyone watching and listening. Uh, Emily is our new communications and outreach director. So thanks for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be on the show. Yeah, I'm glad we could tie that in, Don. That was a good, yeah, good yeah. tie in there. Well, uh, hey, she's only like a couple of days into her second week, mm-hmm. but we've already had her out in the boat with us doing some <laughs> promos. And uh, man, it's it's great to have her on board and uh, looking forward to great things. I'll yeah. tell you what, yesterday I got some really good barbecue from some of the fisheries folks out in West Tennessee, so I'm already spoiled. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah, they know how to cook and grill and then and uh, fry stuff for sure yeah she's uh, we've already had you out and about and all over the place uh got you a sunburn on the boat and uh <laughs> <laughs> got you roped in uh you know she's no stranger to television and we'll get more into that today but uh you know, she was a, a played a played a part in our psa shoot the other day so that's great yes that was great um Let's uh, let's jump in real quick and, and just highlight the e-store real fast. I want to let people know that you can get one of our hats. Uh, we've got you know mugs and, and bottles out there, stickers, and all kinds of fun stuff on our e-store at shop.gooutdoorstennessee.com. So you can pick up you know swag there. And also just wanted to highlight uh, Free Fishing Day is coming up June 11th. So yes. It's right around the corner. Yep. Uh, Make plans now to, to find an event close to you or mm-hmm. just go to the the closest body of water to you and uh, wet a line that day it's the one day of the year you don't need a fishing license and a great time to take the kids out and uh, maybe expose them to it that if you haven't already exactly exactly and something that's great you know if you go to uh, gooutdoorstennessee.com you can log on to that that site click events and it'll pull up all those free fishing events they're being uh, uploaded into that system uh, there's a map there where you can kind of see a pinpoint of where they are and and it's good information. Yeah. Find, one, find one near you. Very good. So, all right. That's all the PSAs for now. Emily, <laughs> glad you're here with us. Thank you. Um, let's learn a little bit about you. Tell us a little bit about where you came from and, and what brought you to, to TWRA. Well, like Don said, I grew up in Wilson County, out there in Mount Juliet. I went to school at Wilson Central, where I was very involved in FFA and 4-H, and I was even in the marching band. All right. All right. What instrument? I don't play an instrument. I was in color guard. Okay. Um, I had been in dance before I got to high school, and so uh, my sister was in the band playing the flute, uh-huh. and my parents were like, hey, can you consolidate your extracurricular activities? Because I was involved <laughs> in way too much stuff, right? And I was like, well, I guess I can dance 
around with the flag and that was some of the the most fun of my life so i joke that i'm band adjacent um, <laughs> but i really loved wilson county what a great great place to be from i'm proud of them my family also farms out in robertson county in adams home of the bell witch if we've got anybody uh, okay. who's superstitious listening to the show <laughs> um, but we raised cattle and dark fire tobacco most of my life and really proud to be from that farm and agricultural background Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And you and uh, you mentioned agriculture. You did a lot with 4-H and things like that as well, right? I, I, mean, I did. Absolutely. Um, you know, Wilson County has such a great 4-H program and I showed sheep, market lambs and commercial ewes growing up, uh, which teaches a kid a lot of responsibility. I think it was a lot of hard work. And there were some days where I was like, why am I doing this? It was <laughs> summer out in a show ring and it's 98 degrees in Tennessee, you know, and um, but I really love that and the folks that I got to meet from across the state. Um, and then also uh, something that really contributed, I think, a lot to my career in both 4-H and FFA, I did a lot of public speaking competitions. And, um, you know, that's tricky. A lot of people uh-huh. say public speaking mm-hmm. is their number one fear. And here we are doing it for a career. Yeah. Right, and, you right. know, practice makes perfect, I think. But you get you get used to talking, I guess. And uh, so really grateful for that opportunity as well. But um, really proud of that agricultural background. And rural America is such a beautiful place with such incredible people um, and especially rural Tennessee which we're proud to call home right right there's a big cross there I think too I mean because you know people who love to hunt and fish love to be outdoors or probably live on a farm or near a farm and there's a good cross there of hunters and anglers and and people who like to to show animals and things like that and be involved in those outdoor activities and I remember growing up I was I did the 4-H speaking you know and always planted food plots with my grandpa and uh, right now, my son's showing, you know, doing the chicken chain and things like that. So it's it's great. 4-H is fun. Yeah, and also was very involved in FFA. So, um, of course, for folks who may not be familiar, 4-H is fourth grade on through high school. And then there's collegiate opportunities as well. And then FFA starts when you're a freshman in high school mm-hmm. and then carries on with more opportunities through high school and into collegiate level and, of course, alumni activities as well. But um, I was... A chapter officer there, again, competing a lot of public speaking events. Also, a uh, quick shout out to my FFA advisors, Pam Farmer Walker and Benny Joe McDonald out there at Wilson Central. Uh, we were the state land judging champions. Ah. So there's something not public speaking that I was involved in for sure. But uh, handy if you're ever going to build a home site, uh, which I don't <laughs> think I will. <laughs> but, you know, just in case. Yeah. Uh, but was a chapter officer there and then uh, eventually was state FFA president in 2010 and 11. And uh, that's a group that I still try to be involved in to this, to this day. Yeah. I'm always impressed with, with FFA, especially the officers. You know, the, uh, we've had occasion to meet uh, quite a few coming through the agency here uh, just on tours and that kind of thing. And a lot of times they'll be up at the Ag Campus uh, touring a lot what's going on there, and, and they'll send them down to the agency, and we'll we'll give them a little uh, tour here. And I'm always impressed with the with the the young people coming through that program. Solid, salt of the earth, uh, very, very, very solid people. Mm-hmm. Becoming a state officer is a very competitive process, and, you know, they have quite a big handful of students that run for that every year, usually as 
they run as a senior in high school and then they serve freshman or sophomore year of college. But they go through a three-day interview process Wow! Um, on a panel that includes industry leaders and a, a, I like to joke a jury of their peers because <laughs> uh, there's FFA students, active students on that board as well to help choose those officers uh-huh. and then they get a ton of training on how to how to represent the organization how to network with industry leaders like TWRA and the mm. Department of Agriculture and of course business folks out in sure. the community who have a vested interest in young people I mean we have to keep in mind something for our industry as well as agriculture those young people are future workers uh-huh. uh, so workforce development is really critical to ensure that a, we don't lose those kids to other states, mm-hmm. but B, that you know we're training them up in a way that they can be successful in careers later on. I think that's a really good parallel with the, the kinds of folks that we try to encourage to seek to be wildlife officers, you know, for a career. Uh, I know you'll be, you'll be heavily involved in helping let the, the students, the potential students, be aware of what kind of uh, classes and programs and things they need to be involved in, you know, through not only just high school, but along uh, into college as well, you know, seeking those those degrees that are going to set them up perfectly for a wildlife officer position. Absolutely. You know, we were promoting this most recent class of yeah. wildlife officers. We've got 23 coming in who I've heard from the folks who interviewed them. They are incredible. Oh, Just good. a really powerhouse team. And, you know, one of the questions that we got a lot when we posted that that promotion on the website, on social media, why do I need that wildlife degree? Right. And, uh-huh. you know, a lot of times people just don't realize that our wildlife officers, our law enforcement team, yes, they are enforcing the rule of law, but they're also interacting with and dealing with a lot of wildlife out in the field and on the scene. And so it's important that those young people who are interested in becoming a wildlife officer have that wildlife degree that really makes sure that they're safe and that the public can stay safe too. Mm-hmm. And they're going to get all kinds of questions. You know, they're going to get those questions. What kind of bird is this? Or what kind of animal is that? Or, you know, why, why, is, the, why is the regulation like this? You know, and they can, they got that background, that education. And Species why. of trees. Yeah. You know, what, what, yeah. Yeah. All kinds of questions. Yeah. So it's important. It's important to have that, that degree. It's fun to go to lunch with a wildlife officer in uniform sometimes because uh, <laughs> you usually get to eat, but usually the wildlife officer, he might be interrupted a few times, you know, <laughs> during, during his lunch yeah. period. I've noticed you stand in a group of folks, and whoever's got the patch or the badge, you know, they get the question. Right, right. <laughs> he looks like he's the official guy. Let's ask him <laughs> or her. Um, so uh, let's jump back just a little bit. So after your high school and, and being involved in those programs and things that you, you, in college, I guess you went to UT, right? I sure did. I went to the University of Tennessee, and this is a little weird for a director of communications, but I actually have an animal science degree, um, which I'm very proud of. But um, when I was very, again, I was very involved in FFA, and something that I really fell in love with was ag policy. Um, and my dad had been involved in ag policy and was with USDA and the State Department of Agriculture. Mm. So I grew up sitting in the back of conference rooms, <laughs> listening oh, to him yeah. talk. And, and yeah. you know, I've been very blessed to have some really incredible mentors from the industry from a very young age who knew me when I was just a little, a little kid. Um, but so grateful for their leadership. But I, I fell in love with that, too. And, you know, something that we talk a lot about here, too, is it's so important to advocate for your own industry. You know, mm. we want young people to be excited about hunting and fishing. Right. We want uh, lawmakers over in Nashville to understand why 
wildlife conservation is important for the state and of course the public as well but all that to say fell in love with politics and policy um and so I, I said to myself, I'm going to go do ag policy. And there was not an ag policy degree at the University of Tennessee. Um, there was a, one class, <laughs> which I really enjoyed. Yeah. But um, so they basically said, you know, get whatever degree you want. And again, my family was raising cattle. I was like, well, I'm going to go get an animal science degree. And I'd been show, showing livestock. And I was like, well, worst case scenario, I'm going home to raise cattle <laughs> if I flame out on everything else, which don't get me wrong. What a what a great job to get to raise livestock Mm -hmm. Uh, sometimes I wonder why I put myself in an office when I could be out on the farm working and hanging out with hanging out with livestock but anyways um fell in love with ag policy and so um I was active on the the livestock judging team in college um I was involved in a sorority Pi Beta Phi which really was an incredible experience and our uh, philanthropy is read lead achieve which encouraged um young people to fall in love with reading and so of course when I would go into those elementary school classes to read books I'd be taking books about agriculture <laughs> and where does your food come from because yeah. so many young people are so disconnected from the farm oh, yeah. these days mm-hmm. right. and and from the outdoors you know so being sure that they understand well what is what is going on in the outdoors and where, where does your food come from that's exactly. so important but uh, kind of made my way through college doing doing some of that ag stuff and uh, after college, I was very grateful to be hired to work for a member of Congress, Diane Black, um, as her field representative. So I had eight of her 19 counties. And my job was to just be out there in the community networking with stakeholders. So, of course, listening to community members, but also businesses, mm. trying to understand what they needed to be successful Um local leadership, uh-huh. county governments, uh, what did they need to be successful and how we could help with that. And uh, so that was a really incredible experience to to just be part of the community. Yeah. And I got to do a lot on rural and ag issues. Uh-huh. So grateful that she gave me that opportunity and she was an incredible mentor to me. Wow. That's cool. And then, and then you moved on to... Washington D.C. Wow, <laughs> a big city. Yeah, that's a big jump. Oh, yeah. From man. the country to the city. Yeah. That's, that's about two extremes right there. <laughs> and let me tell you what, I took my cowboy boots up there to that hill. <laughs> there you go. Good and job. I, yeah. I got a few crazy looks sometimes. Like, what's that girl doing in cowboy boots <laughs> at the Capitol? But you know what? You have to stay true to your roots. Um, that's for sure. But yeah, so um, well, it fit the role, I think. Wouldn't you? <laughs> that's so true. Um, so how I got to D.C. Um, so after working. As congressional staff, I made my way over to RFD-TV. Um, so RFD-TV is a national cable channel that uh, is the only um, really source of agricultural and rural TV um, across the, the, the country. Mm-hmm. So many of our television stations, our cable providers uh-huh. are moving away from that rural content, which is so sad for people who love agriculture and the outdoors. Right. Um, you know, because... They want to see content they care about, Um, which is part of the reason I'm really proud to be on this team now, creating content that our folks care about. But um, so I I started out as a producer and uh, they they had to teach me everything I know about TV. And so I'm really grateful that they put that effort (laughs) into me uh, because I knew a lot about the content, but not so much about the TV side. Um, but started out producing on our show uh, Market Day Report and the Rural Evening News. And then eventually I was writing um, the show called FFA Today, which of course is about FFA members. Really exciting to work with young people to highlight successes um, and the career opportunities that are in there 
pathways. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the pandemic happened and a lot of things changes oh, yeah. for a lot of people. But um, the the young lady that we had up in D.C. as our D.C. reporter went home to California and uh, I, I was in my boss's office and she jokingly said I wish you would go because I mean it's very weird to have a combination of political experience and ag experience and TV experience that's mm-hmm. very niche uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, right. for sure. um, but she said I wish you would go and so I said well why not uh, so I moved to D.C. during the pandemic which sometimes I question whether that was a good <laughs> idea or not but uh, I learned so much um, and it really was incredible to be able to work with farm state senators and members of Congress who were so gracious to me Mm -hmm. um, and our friends at USDA and EPA and U.S. Fish and Wildlife on the legislation that they were working on that was important to to viewers and Mm -hmm. listeners um, because RFD-TV also simulcasts on Sirius XM 147. So really just some incredible opportunities up there. Um, And then, you know, eventually the pandemic calm down a bit thankfully and we were able to have a little bit more fun up there seeing the sights and getting around to events good good deal yeah and then uh i think all of that all your experience is 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 great leading up to this new role and i'm excited that you're on board and excited to what what we're going to be doing in the future uh uh, we've already had like i said opportunities to get out and shoot some video and put together some great stuff for internal communications external communications so i'm just curious what what's the what's the new role look like and what what are folks going to see out there in the field what's going to be coming out of the communications and outreach department (laughs) well not to put you on the spot but you know (laughs) well i'll tell you what it's been my priority from from day one, which we're just now on week two, so it's not been too many days, but it's been my priority from day one to listen. Mm-hmm. You know, I think communications, it's so important that it's a two-way street. So I've been listening to what our staff is concerned about, what they've heard from folks out in the communities. We're going to try to do a, a good job of listening to our viewers who leave comments. So if you're listening now, feel free to leave comments or, or <laughs> let us know what you want to see, what you want to hear from. You know, we're going to try to do a good job of listening um, because, you know, I sometimes joke in a complaint, there's a solution. Mm. Um, so we're going to be looking for solutions. But really, to me, you know, I think people don't realize all of the incredible success stories that TWA has, you know, with conservation, with, um, you know, just so just yesterday, I was out at uh, the annual fisheries meeting where they were highlighting some of their data about reducing Asian carp species out in West Tennessee, which is an invasive species, um, restoring um, lake sturgeon numbers, which are classified as endangered. And they're just presenting all this to each other as data. And I'm sitting here like, wow. This is a gold mine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, there's so many stories in here. And how exciting the work that you're getting to do. Um, new genetics to have bigger bass. Everyone mm. loves a big trophy bass, <laughs> yeah. right? You know, and, and that's the work that our team is doing. And it's just, it's not getting heard. It's not getting told. And we just have to do, we can all work together to be sure that the public knows just how TWA is working for you. It's a great, it's great to hear you say that because, you know, I've been here 21 years full-time and quite a few years before that part-time. And I still learn something every week. I learn three or four new things to go, wow, I didn't realize our agency did that or that, that this has been so successful. And every now and then you, you meet 
uh, I'll, I'll say a seasoned hunter or uh-huh. angler out there, and they'll say, you know, you don't realize it, but these are the good old days. Uh, you know, you hear a lot of people uh, reminiscing about how great things were back then, but, you know, these are some of the best times we've ever had as far as wildlife populations you know there's some asian carp issues there's some you know there is cwd but on you know by and large it's it's really uh way better than than what it's been in in previous decades well and the team was so humble too because you know i'm sitting there having this conversation with them and uh, i'm like this is so cool this is you know the public would love to see this they would love to hear more about it and they're like oh well this is this is just normal stuff we like, just this, do this, this is every what we day do every day and i'm yeah. like but it's so <laughs> cool and maybe that's my perspective coming from the outside you know and i think maybe that could maybe bring some energy to the team because you know um, when you're an expert on something, when you see it every day, you sort of start to just think of it as routine, right. you know. And for the public who doesn't get access to that every day, they think it's awesome. They mm-hmm. think it's cool. They they see what you're doing and how it can help the the um, sportsmen of this right. state and the the outdoor enthusiasts. And it really is. It's it's just. Giving those folks a window into what we do here, um, I think, can really just shed a positive light on how important all this work is. Uh-huh. I love it when an officer or a biologist shares video with us or sends us a photo of something they've seen in the field, right. they've done or experienced, you know, because people, they don't see that a lot of times. Uh, you may run across an officer every now and again or a biologist in the field, but a lot of times people don't see the work that they're doing or the animals you come across or uh-huh. things like that. And I, it's great to share those on social and people see that and they're like, wow, I love that. You know? So it's, if we don't tell our story, who's going to do that? You right. Know? So, right. So we've, of course we'll be working on highlighting those success stories. But another thing is we really want to help empower our boots on the ground, our folks out in the field to be able to do their jobs more successfully. So uh, you sort of hinted, we were out on the boat yesterday having a great time <laughs> in the sun, which again, I am already having so much fun at this agency. Um, what just a, a great opportunity to have some fun mm-hmm. while working. That's everybody's dream is to have fun while you work. But um, we we were out there with the boating law enforcement officers working on a new campaign to uh-huh. prioritize being a sober driver, a sober skipper when you're driving a boat. And, you know, uh, we were out there with Captain Matt Majors, who was sharing just some from his heart how difficult it is as an officer to see accidents, mm. to see people, um, you know, hurt right. and in trouble. And, you know, he doesn't want to see that. It's his job to see it, and we're so grateful that we've got such great officers out there keeping the waterways safe, but, you know, he doesn't want to see it, and so we're working on putting together communications materials that can really help educate folks on um, being safe out on the water. So, you know, a big part of our job, too, as the communications division is working to support our team to be sure that they have all of the tools in their toolbox to do their job as as well as they possibly can. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, we've kind of hit on the new role. Uh, we've heard a lot about your background, but what do you like to do in your free time? I mean, <laughs> do you love to fish, hike, uh, hunt? What, what's some of your hobbies? What's some of the things you like to do when you don't have to work? <laughs> you know, uh, it's funny how COVID changes your life. And a lot of people picked up new hobbies during, during the pandemic when you're stuck inside. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I read a lot. I really love to read a, a good fiction novel. I, I love things that I couldn't think of myself. 
sci-fi and fiction just it really helps stretch your imagination I think love that big fan of arts and crafts projects and actually it's funny so um, I, I do enjoy fishing um, I have been hunting a few times uh, I have a purple camouflage compound bow which might get me laughed at by some of the serious <laughs> hunters but uh, you know why not be a little cute when hey, you're out there hunting deer <laughs> color blinds that's okay that's right but um, yeah so uh, it, it, it's been turkey hunting but uh, it was not successful that comp- poor compound bow because it was wielded by me but maybe I'll get some better practice now that I'm here at TWRA but um, I do enjoy fishing and actually got into fly fishing a little bit um, uh, back in college I had uh, a friend who wanted to get involved in fly fishing and so he said hey Emily you're good at arts and crafts you think you could learn to tie flies for me and I sort of looked at it and I was like, well, why not? You know, it's that's a fun arts and crafts project. So I got all my materials. I went and picked out. And um, so first, when I first went, I guess it was to Bass Pro to look at stuff. And I was just overwhelmed. And uh-huh. so I'm immediately picking things that are like shiny and bright colors. <laughs> so I, I make it back to the house with all this stuff. And then I looked at the instructions, <laughs> the little how-to <laughs> video on how to. And I was like, well, I grabbed nothing that I was supposed to grab. <laughs> um, and so actually, I did have everything that was it actually was like a deep sea fly uh. which uh, we don't need in Tennessee right but it was this big pink kind of shrimp uh, like fly uh, so I had some like deep sea flies that I made but uh, eventually I, I read up a little better on you know what might do well uh-huh. in, in an East Tennessee stream right because um, now my family is in Knoxville, which so I get to claim them too, uh, and we do love the mountains up there, and we love to hike. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am looking forward to now that I am in this in in TWRA, getting to get out there and sort of revive some of those skills that I, I have had a little bit of experience in, but probably need to do a little more. That's cool. So did you catch a fish? Was there a fish caught on one of those flies? <laughs> the flies have been successful. Awesome. Good. Yeah, Good my, deal. Uh, again, my technique probably needs some work. But, uh, again, I'm just going to keep tattletailing on myself. I also have a, a regular pink rod. <laughs> so I got a purple bow, a pink rod. But uh, you know what? I We're always looking to recruit more women and young people into hunting and fishing. And so from my perspective, like I said earlier, be true to your roots. You know, if you want some cute gear, mm-hmm. you know, to go hunting and fishing with, you can do that, and there's nothing wrong with it. We're proud to have women be part of part of outdoors right. sporting, and you can look cute while you do it, no problem. But you can also wear whatever you want to wear. So, but we just encourage young people and women to have fun while they're out there. Yeah, yeah, it's important to introduce those new new people to the outdoors, those young people, uh, women, men who. You've never been out there before? Get them out there, show them how, to, how it's done. Right, right. That's what it's all about. We, uh, that's one of the, I guess that's all of the R's in R3. You recruit, retain, re, you know, reactivate, get people out there that have dropped it. and Yes. Uh, introduce new people. And Anyway. Uh, Emily, great to fun. have you on board. Yeah. And you couldn't have come to our agency with a better last name than Buck. <laughs> it's like, it's like. It was written in the stars. I've got know. a lot of buck decor, which I'm going to bring into the office as well. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. All right. Well, Emily, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you are just jumped in and you got people pulling at you in all different directions. So thanks for taking time out for us. Uh, thank you for uh, 
coming on board. Looking forward to working with you and excited about the future. Yes. I'm blessed to be on such an incredible team, and we're really looking forward to doing some great stuff. And like I said earlier, if you've got feedback for our communications team or things that you want to see from us, let us know, and we'll be sure to work on it. All right. What's that email address? AskTWRA at TN.gov. So you can send us emails there uh, or comment on the sh- uh, below the show here, and uh, we'll get you get your information over to Emily, and it'll be good. Yeah, perfect. Don, thank you. You bet. This is Tennessee Wildcasts, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Stay connected with TWRA by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, it's all about Tennessee wildlife. It's what we do. Tennessee Wildcast will be on the air again next week. We'll see you then.